for me, my thing was, it wasn't just, I don't want to teach them wrong, but I didn't want to give a wrong reputation of my king again. Walk Like a Hebrew, the podcast that exists to tell the stories of people who leveled up in the faith and how they got from there, wherever that was, to here, living the Torah pursuant life. I'm Jody O'Dell. We call ourselves Torah pursuant because we are pursuing the perfection of our faith and because it's impossible to be Torah observant in this day and age because, as my dear friend pointed out to me, there is no temple standing and therefore the Torah cannot be observed properly. If you've got a different opinion, please let me know through the contact page at sheholdsforth.com. This is Episode 11, Part 2 of my amazing discussion with Alicia Stubbs of Provo, Utah. We'll pick it up just before where we left off last week. <laughs> it was, I had questions only probably because, or I, get, I mean, we shouldn't, I don't want to negate the Ruach Kapodesh because obviously that's the true leader in all of this, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like I'd been shown the treasure and then moved away from the treasure where a lot of people were like, I think there's a treasure here somewhere. So right, right. I don't know. I think that, I think that says a lot about, about us and just as a believer is the patience that yeah. we need to have with each other. So. And a lot of people are shown the treasure. They are taken to the treasure and they look at it and they say, I don't want that treasure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand that, but this is true. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either, but I've experienced it myself so many times. And, you know, I've said this before, but I believe that the Ruach HaKodesh opens people's eyes in his time that we cannot make somebody else see. Right. That it's the person has to be operating in the spirit so much before the, their eyes will be open. Right. And, you know, that's not an easy place to come to. It can be very difficult for a lot of people. And especially when your paradigm is shaken so fundamentally, especially if you've been a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. If you've been a teacher in the church, if you've taught people's children, that was my personal experience. Yeah. Yeah. Teaching other people's children the guilt that I had for having taught incorrectly for so many years. It has really been a very, very humbling experience. And I'm a little bit terrified, honestly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do. I, I, that was actually, I think, one of the, very hard things of, you know, as you begin this walk. As a mom, I'm I'm the weird mom who's always making a lesson for the kids. And um, oh no, I'm the same. Yeah, <laughs> and we did, you know. So our kids never believed in Santa Claus. We never celebrated Halloween. You know, like we were like the we're not doing those worldly things. We're just going to have a happy birthday <laughs> Jesus party on Christmas. You know, like like that was our mindset. And um, yeah. and I was always creating these big lessons for the kids to participate in that was going to. Mm-hmm like just submerge them into the word. And suddenly I felt like everything that I knew was in question. There was two things that I understood um, coming out of this and that I've never let go of and I didn't even let go of then. And that was that I understand unabashedly 
this God that I understand, this biblical God that I get, he is the creator, period, and of sense. There's no question about that in my mind. Yes. And that at the time I would have said Jesus, you know, that the Yeshua is the Messiah. He is the word of God come in the flesh. How that happens, I don't know. I'm not, I'm even going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to even question how that even happens. I don't know. But those are the two things I understand, mostly because I had Brad as a teacher who you cannot sit under Brad and not understand that there is a creator, period, yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, and yes, exactly. and so I had that foundation, but everything else I felt was stripped out from underneath me. Um, these two things I understand, I don't even know anything else. And so now as a mom who's, you know, created Bible study lessons, and I feel like I'm afraid to teach now because yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to teach you the wrong thing until I can figure this out. And so it was funny because as I started creating new, we, you know, we started going through the parasha. And so as I started creating, you know, little Bible study, kid Bible studies mm-hmm. based on the parasha for my kids, it was like I was relearning. <laughs> so. It is. It's a little bit terrifying, especially in light of the scripture in the book of James that says teachers will be held to a higher standard, standard. Yep. because yep. they should know better because they're teachers. And so I've kind of, I don't know about you, but the first couple of years that I was in this walk, I refrained from talking about it to anybody Mm. because I was, I wouldn't say terrified, but I was just cautious. Mm -hmm. I did not want to mislead someone because I didn't yet know the right answer myself. Right. Right. And so I waited until I had been doing this long enough that I understood why the New Testament says these things. And it, it seems to say this thing that we grew up believing, but in the reality, it does not. And I had to be able to explain that fully before I was able to go out and tell anybody about it. Right. You know, and I think, too, because when you've been a person who has been in some sort of authority within a group and then suddenly you're breaking off from that, then there are going to be a lot of questions and you want to be able to give a right answer. Because for me, my thing was, it wasn't just, I don't want to teach them wrong, but I didn't want to give a wrong reputation of my king again. Does that make sense? Yes. Like that, that was makes part perfect of it. sense. Yes, I absolutely understand. Yeah. That's huge. Wow. That was for me, it was almost like I'd been giving a disservice to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, my heart was genuine towards only wanting to teach the truth. And I know yes. that. But yes. regardless, you can like genuinely drink poison. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. you know, or, or yes. pour it out in a le- glass of lemonade to somebody else. And and yet we will still be called exactly. to account for misrepresenting exactly. the true nature of the word of God. Exactly. So just real quick, can you just tell me some of the specific ways that this walk has changed your day-to-day life? I mean, the obvious one would be now you keep the Sabbath right? Now you keep the holidays. Are there other things that are part of this walk that maybe weren't part of a mainstream Christian lifestyle that you felt like you needed to change? It's so funny because I've been doing this now for so long. I don't even, it's so, everything outside of it is so foreign to me. And it's so foreign to me when, that that's not what people do. Um, It's weird. I'm getting to that point too. So, I mean, if you would have asked me this, I mean, I mean, this is 97 and this is 2020. So, I mean, 97, that's, that's, that's 23 years yeah. ago. So I, you know, like, so it's really hard for me to actually even think back to then because now it's just so yeah. everything. Um, I guess the first thing is obviously, well, okay. So one of my dearest friends now has just started keeping Shabbat, has just started keeping the feast. And 
so it's funny looking at everything through her eyes. She's always so amazing. Like right now, two weeks ago, I was like, because I own my own business, right? So I get to structure everything. And I'm thinking quarterly. I'm thinking, so we're going into, and I know Passover is going to be around this time. And so I'm already structuring everything leading up to that because it's become such a way of my life so that then I have this time off to do these things, right? And I just mentioned it in passing to her and she just started laughing. She's like, I cannot wait until I'm so used to this. I'm already thinking about that in January because this was like right at the end of yeah. January when I was saying this. <laughs> and, and, and so I guess that's the thing is like in reality, it so then becomes everything of the way you live. I don't even think about it anymore. But that is one of the things. I mean, like literally when it comes down to it, my entire life is set up around the cycles of Yahweh. So it's set up around what awesome. Shabbat is, it's yes. set up around what the feasts are. It's, it's like there's a business conference and I'm like, mm, that's probably going to be really close to Shavu- or to Sukkot. So I'm not going to buy tickets to that because it very well could be right at Sukkot. And that's like literally that <laughs> we haven't even started the spring feast yet. You know, so, so, right. So, right. so everything, I think that's the very first thing is that everything starts to be in the rhythm of his cycles. Of his cycles. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then because of that, everything else starts to go just become in sync with that. Does that make sense? So yeah, makes absolutely perfect sense. Yes. It's like you do all those things, but the reality is it's just, it becomes a part of the rhythm of your life. And so it's hard for me to look back and say, I mean, I own my own business, so I've never had a problem with bosses. When in the point I had mentioned my ex-husband, the point we were going through a divorce, I went back into corporate America, did the thing I did for my own business in corporate America. And I just let him know in the interview, I don't work Sabbath. So yeah. if you require that, you can't hire me. And I was in an executive position, but I was running sales teams for a radio station. And you have on air, like a huge thing is, you know, you take your radio station, they do a setup at the store on Saturday. And you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that's a huge promo thing. And if they were my clients, that would be something I'd be required to do. Mm -hmm. And I just let them know I was not going to do that. And that was understood from the very beginning of them hiring me. And they hired you anyway. They hired me anyways. I just always felt like it was, I never wanted that to be an issue. And if they didn't want to hire me for that, I was never going to feel like, like I could always go back and say, when we had the interview, I let you know, this is going to be an issue, you know? Um, And yeah, there was never a problem with it. Never at all. So I've always had that. We're experiencing that too. Helena and I, Mm -hmm. my youngest daughter, when she's looking for work, that's the first thing that she tells them. It's the first thing I tell them. And honestly, I feel in some cases, employers are terrified Mm -hmm. of a religious discrimination lawsuit. Right. And so they, they are very quick to say, okay, Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. We will take care of yep. it because that's a really big thing right now yep. in yep. the world. It is. So. It is. And and even so, um, I guess the thing is, I always felt like, look, here's the deal. If you know that I'm the person who's going to tell you this outright and not hide anything from you, you know you're hiring somebody really honest. So if that yes. doesn't go very far with you, then I don't want to work for you anyways. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. I've always been blessed in that regard that that's never been anything that I personally have had to worry about compromising his cycles become your rhythm. And then it just, I don't, it's so weird. I'm like, I don't know. What would it be like if I didn't do these things? I don't, <laughs> what are you all doing out there? I don't know what you're doing out there. So. Yeah. I'm starting to lose my memories of how life was before, because this is, uh, it's, it's so practical and day-to-day and hands-on. It's not like, I don't know, gosh, I'm just going to make a fool of myself here. But in, in the mainstream church, a lot of the things that we did were, they seemed very contrived. Mm. You know what I mean? But the the feasts of Yehovah are more, they're more in tune with the cycles of the planet, right. with the seasons. And Torah is really about doing. 
It's a doing. You cannot keep Torah without doing the things that are in it. And that really brought home to me the whole, you know, be doers of the word and not hearers Mm -hmm. only. Doing the feasts year after year after year really makes the scriptures make sense. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, because you understand what's happening during these seasons, like in Yeshua's life and his ministry and things that were going on. And suddenly you say, oh, well, that happened during the Feast of Mm -hmm. Sukkot. And that was on Shavuot. And these are the things that were happening. And it just makes more sense. Yeah, I, I, I just can't. I guess I just can't imagine it not being this way anymore. So it's hard for me to think of the things that are different now. Other than, I mean, you know, just the things that we all think about and the things that we, you know, if you're keeping tour, the things that you do and how that becomes something different. So what do you call yourself when someone asks you about your religion? Um, This will sound weird, but it's really dependent on who I'm talking to. No, that's not weird at all. (laughs) No, really, it's not. That's the answer I get from pretty much everybody. Really? I didn't know that. So that's good. That's good. Um, Yeah, it really is dependent on who I'm talking to. I mean, the very easiest thing to say if all I'm doing is trying to explain myself to somebody who I don't, I don't want to go into everything with, right? Mm -hmm. Is just to say, I follow Messianic Judaism. Like, that's the easiest thing to say. Because, because people understand, well, for the most part, Judaism. And when you say right. panic, then they're, huh, what is that? You know, and it might lead a question. And then I'll be like, yeah, I follow the things of the Old Testament that you think of as Jewish, but I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So with clients of mine, you know, that usually is a very quick introduction because I take time off that doesn't make any sense to them, right? Because I celebrate <laughs> yes. and, and And so it's a really beautiful way for me to witness to them about why I do the things that I do. The one thing though, and the reason that I'm, you know, it, it depends on who it is. Like if I, it's just in pathing, um, like for example, the job interview situation, that's mm-hmm. the easiest way to explain myself in a setting that means that I have boundaries you don't have. And that's all we need to yes. go into. Right. So right. in that kind of setting is when I would say that I do not call myself a Messianic Jew because I'm not, but that is the easiest right. way for me to explain to you what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And you probably have some idea of what that may and you know, what that might look like. As far as if I'm talking to somebody like, you know, a, a person who's become a friend of mine, and they're like, okay, I'm so confused. Alicia, what is it you do? What are you? <laughs> my answer is I'm a child of God. That's like my answer because that is, you know, and of course I use that vernacular with people who aren't in these circles because if I said I'm a child of, you know, yeah, they, they'd be like, what is that? You follow some weird cult, <laughs> you know, um, yes. but, yes. but, but, um, a long time ago, way, way back when we were first keeping the feast. And really this was when we were trying to first sort out like, what in the heck are we now? Like it was uh-huh. weird, like, we now need this label thing, you know, cause we were used to having this label of like, we're right. hostile, we're this, we're that. And our neighbors next door, we had just bought this new home and we were moving in and our fences were short enough for some weird reason that they could see into our backyard. And we barely knew them yet, right? We hadn't lived there for too long. And I'm out on our back deck building a little sukkah. And, you know, my neighbor, I know she's Christian. Um, she's like, she leans over the fence. She's like, what are you doing? And I go to tell her and, you know, she's like, oh, well, I don't understand. What do you guys believe? You know, what, what are you? And I want to say, you know, just the standard, oh, we follow Messiah Judaism just to be done with it. And Yahweh was like, don't you do that. Don't do that. And it was because... Like, here's the thing. If I say I follow this thing called Messianic Judaism, whether I'm Jewish born or Gentile or not, regardless, if I say that to a believer, then I'm doing the thing Mm -hmm. that I would do. I'm not doing anything that creates curiosity. 
Does that make sense? Right. Like, like yes. there's, of yes. course you are doing that thing because that's the thing that the Jews do and I'm not a right. Jew, so it has nothing to do with me. Right. So as I went to say that to her, that's why, where Yahweh corrected me was like, no, 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 don't give yourself that label. Not because it was wrong to have the label, but in the sense that I've now just shut the door on any further conversation because now I'm just doing those, yeah. you know, oh, those are really neat little Jewish things you're doing, you know, versus mm, yes. these are actually things that you have a heritage in too, if you yes. only knew. So that's one of the reasons that I'm always very like, who am I talking to? How does it mm-hmm. need to be presented? So oh, that's good. That's good. So last question, mm-hmm. share with our listeners, your top three favorite resources, your go-to resources just off the top of your head? Obviously, Brad and Wild Branch. Obviously. I mean, that's a yeah. good, that's a given. <laughs> um, I adore Brad and Carol. And I just have to say, like, there's not two more amazing people just to sit down and break bread with. Like, they are amazing Wonderful. teachers and just, yeah, amazing. Um, I also love Tony Robinson. Oh, yes. Restoration of Torah Ministry. I love his stuff. Yes. When my kids were little, I used to print off the child's version of the Parashah studies that they would produce way, yes. way, way back then. Um, and he and Brad are both on the Hebraic Roots TV yeah, HRN. Yeah, HRN. Hebrew yep. Roots Network. Network. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but way back long before HRN was ever around, <laughs> um, I, I think he's a phenomenal <laughs> teacher. Um, I, I really love yeah. the way he teaches because I think he teaches it so simplistic, um, very deep things that I learned from Brad a long, long time ago. But he teaches it very, it's very easy to follow. He's such a good teacher. And then I mentioned before, I have a bookcase full of over a thousand dollars worth of resources that Brad and Carol had given me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because, you know, Brad taught me away from the beginning of how to dig in the word and how, how to go to the root and how to trace it out through scripture and how to take a Greek word into Hebrew and Hebrew word into Greek, like all those things. Mm-hmm. And you used to have to have all the books Brad and Carol gave me, but you don't really have to so much anymore. Um, and I really think that every believer really needs to get very comfortable with the resource Blue Letter Bible. Yes, um, I was just going to say, yep. not if you have the Blue Letter Bible, Bible. app, you don't exactly. need those books anymore. <laughs> it's always in your hands. It's amazing. Yeah, it used to be. I mean, they had, of course, the Strongs and stuff. But mm-hmm. now pretty much anything I could do with those resources, I can do on my app. Yeah. And, and it's so fast. Yep. And it's so fast. It's amazing. There are things that I still have to pull all those out for. And I'm a geek, so I like to pull them all out anyway or something about being in the book and having like a bazillion of them laying out on your bed and you just feel like you're really digging. I'd love that. So those would definitely be my favorite resources. Like if if, if one was to say, how could I really begin? That Those would be three places I would say would be a good place to begin. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Alicia, for taking the time to sit down with me and I really appreciate it. I appreciate your story and your time. Thank you for listening to Walk Like a Hebrew. Be sure to follow us on social media and stop by the website at sheholdsforth.com where you can make a donation, read some fascinating stuff, get show notes, and more. Many thanks again to Jack Lane for the music. May Yahovah bless you. We'll catch you next time.